You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. We want to talk about fall camp here. Quick housekeeping note. If you're listening on the traditional podcast feed, then you're hearing my thoughts about fall camp. What happened in day one of practice, it's all TCU heavy. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, or if you want to watch on YouTube later, if you're listening to this and you say, hey, I want to listen to 20 more minutes of conversation, on YouTube, on the Lockdown Horn Frogs YouTube channel, there is our Big 12 Roundtable. Company had some thoughts about the Big 12 Roundtable and if the individual show should post it. That, you don't really care about that. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm trying out this new thing where on Wednesdays I'll have a podcast up on the podcast feeds that's just TCU news and notes, typical rundown type of thing, and then on YouTube I'll have our Big 12 Roundtable. If you hate that, if you love it, whatever, feel free to give me some feedback. I'm at Steven on Twitter. The show is at LockedOnTCU. I am to please. So let me know what you think. If you're listening to this, though, which is kind of a dumb thing to say because if you're hearing it, you are, uh, we're going to talk, talk TCU football, TCU fall camp. So today was the first day of practice. On Monday, uh, or I guess Tuesday was the first day of practice. You're listening on Wednesday. On Monday was media days. Sonny Dykes spoke, a player spoke. And I mentioned that Sonny Dykes, I wouldn't go as, as far as to say he backtracked, but at Big 12 media days, he seemed to have a pretty strong stance of, hey, we want to get this quarterback battle resolved. We want to announce a starter soon. And then the first day he spoke at fall camp, he said, well, we're still figuring that out. It actually might be more than a two-man race. I don't buy into that, but that's what he said. And it's a it's a close back-and-forth situation. So Max Duggan took first-team reps, the majority of first-team reps today. I won't necessarily update you on that every day, but that's, that's your day one of fall camp update on the quarterback battle. Uh, my gut is still Chandler Morris. will be the starter for the majority of games in 2022. When that sort of transfer of power happens, I don't know. Does it happen the first week of the season? I'm not sure. These are really good, strong takes that I'm throwing out there on a Wednesday morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. Some other things of note. Uh, so we, we talked a lot this offseason about how this defense is different. And the 3-3-5, one major component is that you need a big nose tackle in the middle. And they didn't really have anybody on the roster that fit that body type. Now, Sonny Misi is going to sort of uh, give it a go at that role, it appears. Uh, Dominic Williams, the freshman from California, he's coming in and looks like he made a big impact in the spring. I expect him to play some. Now, today, uh, Altrick Barlow, who is a redshirt sophomore, he's been an offensive lineman the first few years of his career at TCU, hasn't really played much. He's apparently moved over the defense. And Jeremy Clark from 247, who does a great job covering the team, Horn Frog Blitz is a, is a wonderful site. Uh, he asked Sonny Dykes, he was like, hey, 
what prompted that move. And Dyke said it was really just about his size. Um, he's listed on the TCU website at 350. Coach Dyke said he's more like 370. And that it's not bad weight, like it's just body mass given his frame. And so they're seeing, they're going to try him out there for a few days and see how he does. Um, he didn't commit that he was going to play on defense. But I, I just find it interesting because that sounds like the type of thing that you would typically do in the spring. You say, hey, Barlow, go over there for a few days on defense. Let's see if you can figure out the calls, the alignment, the scheme, if you can play. And if it doesn't work, we'll move you back over to offense in the fall. But they're trying this out in fall camp. Um, Sonny did say, though, that it was it was really kind of a trial and error type thing. Now, O-line and D-line, I mean, it's all about physicality. There are different techniques. So there's going to be a learning curve there. But playing offensive line for the majority of his career, and I'm not sure what he did in high school. I don't know if he played on both sides of the ball or not. There shouldn't be just this massive steep learning curve from him for him. Um, and a lot of nose guard is just trying to reestablish the line of scrimmage, you know, blow up that A-gap and take on that center and guard combo pretty often and try to hold your ground. So just something to note there. Um, we'll see how he does. Coach Dykes also said that they are not, you know, they're not quite where they want to be as far as conditioning goes, which I wouldn't say that's something that should cause alarm. I mean, it's the first day of camp. You would expect that to a certain extent. However, they want to play fast. They want to get after it. And then um, some more names that came up. And we talked about this guy in the spring. And I've talked about the wide receiver core as a whole. But, man, it really sounds like they're excited about this group. Obviously, Quentin Johnston, Savion Williams, Quincy Brown are, are guys on the outside that you hope can make plays. Now, on the inside receiver spot, Gunnar Henderson got put on scholarship during spring practice. Sonny said he came out and he's making plays again. And they've just made a point to mention him time and time again. He's making plays. He's making an impact. So, Henderson, and then you have Darius Davis and Tay Barber. Those are guys that he also said, like, since spring camp, have just been making play after play after play. And then you got Blair Conright. Um, Jordan Hudson, who is on campus and is going through drills, is a talented freshman. There's just a lot of depth there. Now, I've said it before, there's not, it's, it's a, sort of a weird situation because there's not necessarily a lot of returning production because the passing game has been so inconsistent the last few years. But there's a lot of guys that you're like, man, if things break the right way, like there's just, there's talent there. There's potential. You just have to find a way to realize that. And that comes down to you know, blocking up front, your quarterback making plays, and having an offense that I think is just more, co- more coherent from a play-calling standpoint, from a philosophy standpoint, that is set up to succeed. So those are some of the day one camp notes. When we come back, um, sort of a more of a big-picture question, but I saw it thrown out on Twitter yesterday, and I had some thoughts about it. Baylor and TCU, bigger brand nationally. We'll discuss that next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two. I saw this question. It was a poll on Twitter that was put out. 
it was from Brandon Walker, who covers college football and other things for Barstool Sports. And it was very simply, bigger national brand than college football. Baylor or TCU. And I won't spend a lot of time, like, laying out my argument for TCU here, because I feel like if you're listening to the Locked on Horn Frogs podcast, you probably agree with me that it's the Frogs. I think it's actually close. I mean, it's it's all about what you want. There's There's information for both schools that could be used as like, oh, well, this is a slam dunk reason for winning the argument. TCU does have a few national titles. Yes, I know they were in the 30s, but they still count. It still counts for something. They won a Big 12 title in 2014. Um, Baylor's won three Big 12 titles, but obviously they've had more time in the Big 12. And TCU, even with the struggles of the last few years, has found a way to have some 10-win seasons, have some top 25 finishes, has won multiple New Year's Six Bowl games, which is something that Baylor broke through and did last year but had not done up to that point. And, I, I mean, I just think it's TCU. Bigger market, smaller enrollment, but still, I feel like national brand, national discussion, historically, it's the Horn Frogs. But it's close. And at the moment, from a success standpoint, and another part of that, too, is TCU, even with their struggles, recently has dominated the head-to-head matchup. I mean, it's, it's sort of a curious thing, but they really do seem to have Baylor's number as of late. We'll see what happens now with a new regime with Coach Dykes and how he matches up with Dave Aranda. All that being said, in the course of that discussion, which was, which I was just sort of monitoring, I saw multiple people bring up this point And so I thought I would discuss it here. It's the idea that Coach Dykes has made it a priority to give TCU more media access or give the media more access to TCU, I should say. He's done a number of interviews this offseason. He's made players available, which is something that Coach Patterson and company did typically once a week. But it was the same kind of rotation of guys. It was usually Coach Speak. And Coach P... He didn't really do a lot of a lot of interviews. Like he would do some national hits in the off season, his press conference, radio show, and that was about it. And Baylor has, I mean, not that they're like an open book. There's some jokes there, but they have made more of an effort to give the media some time. Have put some effort into trying to rebuild their brand. And so the thought is. Now with Coach Dykes opening up that access, TCU could grow that brand again. I think there's something certainly that's to that. Here's what I'll say. You know, what Coach Patterson did was not unique to college football. College football coaches, programs are notorious for limiting media access, being super paranoid, not allowing them to talk to players often, not allowing them access to practice. And they sort of use the somewhat valid excuse of, hey, these guys are young, they're impressionable, you know, we, we don't want to just put them put microphones in front of their face all the time, we want to protect them. Okay, I think there's some truth to that, but I, I think the overriding theme and the big priority there is you just want to protect yourselves and not give out any secrets or have anything out there that would negatively give a negative perception to your program. 
this comes down to winning. Like, here's what I mean by that. Coaches' personalities, they're all different. Everybody's a different person. They have a different approach to how they want to do these things. I think Coach Dykes being more affable and um, pleasant and just more generous to the media is a good thing for TCU. I, I do believe that. And obviously, as someone who is kind of loosely part of the media, <clears throat> I think it's a good thing to have access because I want to know what's going on. That being said, like, it's not going to matter if you don't win. Your brand, your reputation, the national perception of your program, it still comes down to winning games. Because for a long time, Coach Patterson was same guy, like still had that wit, that snark, like that kind of biting tone, didn't love talking to the media, was willing to pick a fight with other institutions, but he won games. And so the brand of TCU, the perception out there was that they were tough, hard nosed, chip on your shoulder team. We're going to fight you tooth and, you know, tooth and nail, wouldn't back down from anybody. And the brand around the program was really positive because they won games. They won big games. They won a Rose Bowl in 2014 and 2015. They won a conference title in 2014, you know, played for one in 2015. Or were, were a contender, excuse me, because they didn't have a Big 12 title game then. Played for a title game in 2017, and there were still some of those thoughts. Now, the last few years when they're losing, those fights that Coach P would pick, with other schools, the lack of access, the, you know, paranoia, all those things suddenly started to be real big negatives, but it all stemmed from the frustration of not winning games. Like, that's where it came from. And so for Sonny Dykes, it's the same situation. Right now, he hasn't coached uh, in a game situation yet at TCU. So it's all great. Everything's fantastic. It's a new regime, breath of fresh air. All those, you know, all those things. But if you don't win games, it's not going to matter. People will quickly get frustrated with you. People will quickly turn on you. I'll use the example of Dave Aranda. Um, in his first year at Baylor, it was that COVID season. They were terrible. They won two games. They weren't competitive in a lot of games. And I heard Baylor fans and people that covered that team talking about, man, Dave, he's just quiet. You know, he doesn't, like, he he's not the guy that's going to come in there and just rip the paint off the walls and light into his team. He's not energetic enough. He doesn't have the passion. He doesn't understand what it means to be a head coach. And there were a lot of those question marks around him because the team was losing. Then suddenly last year they turned things around, and now it's like, oh, he's, he's just controlled. He's got such an easygoing demeanor. He's so unique for a coach. He's got this quiet confidence, this strength, sort of this wisdom that a lot of people don't have. Nothing changed. It's just all about the winning, right? If Sonny Dykes goes out there and wins games, then all the all that openness to the media, his personality, who he is, it's going to be seen as a positive. If he doesn't, then it'll be spun negatively. And that's ultimately what's going to affect the brand and the perception of the program. You have to win games. TCU has to get back to doing that consistently. And we'll see, starting with that matchup against Colorado, what they can do. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I'll have a guest on the show. We'll keep talking football, football heavy week. I mean, what else are we going to do right now? It's fall camp, season starting. Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team, and it's every day.